Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Behind the Journey and on today's show I play out exactly what's happening and also name our latest investment. Hello, hello, hello. It feels like the, a different podcast at the moment. I don't know what else to really say. It feels like completely and utterly strange doing these within four walls every single day. It feels ridiculous not doing these with Sam all the time. It feels completely strange. And I'm at the point now of this lockdown where I don't like it. And if, and if you remember me, you know, a couple of weeks back, I was saying I was loving lockdown, more focused than ever before. A much better place, um, kind of business-wise. I'm now not liking it. I'm I'm now thinking this is actually not make motivational at all. I've been speaking to a few colleagues and contacts, and they've all said, "Yeah, motivation's dropping like crazy." And I truly believe that the reason that is is because we're not around other people that that make us motivated, right? And when we are around like-minded individuals, we also soak their motivation, we soak their passion, we soak um, their inspiration onto ourselves which makes us a better person and the whole phrase of you know being around like-minded individuals to push you further or being around people who are better than you to make you a better person that all stands completely true and I almost feel like because of this lockdown I'm not becoming a worse person don't get me wrong but I think I'm not growing as a person I don't think I'm growing by sitting in four walls with my own laptop and my no one else I don't don't feel that's that's a, a logical move so I'm starting to really be concerned about everyone else within this period of time. I, I, like I said to you on a previous podcast, I believe I'm one of the most motivated people I know. And the fact that I'm now losing motivation for me would be a worry for everyone else because I've never really lost motivation before. I've never really been down before. And I feel like I'm starting that trajectory. But we won't dwell on that. I want to give you some great news. I want to give you some really, really big news. For the last five months, you probably heard me saying that I'm trying to buy a company. I'm investing in a company and I can't tell you about it yet. It's a big deal. I'm buying a company and it just kept dragging on and it kept dragging on because it was um, different legal bodies need to sign it off. Then we needed to get credit checks. Then we needed us to look over the small detail. Then the accountants got involved. It dragged on and on and on and it became an absolute bait of my life, to be honest with you. And um, the deal fell apart. Uh, the deal fell apart mainly because of COVID-19. Um, and it really kind of sent this business in a spiral. Um, I guess two months later, we now bought the business. And I want to give you some actual real information. I've always said on this podcast, I'll be as open and honest as I possibly can be, obviously considering legal legal stuff, etc., we bought this business. We own 100% of this business. This business was a client. We were investing in the business at a 25% amount. COVID happened. It sent the business from six-figure revenue a month to zero. It went to administration and we bought the business in administration. We wanted to keep the original MD because he's one of the nicest, most sound guys you'll ever meet, but he didn't want to be part of the business anymore. He'd had enough. Um, he's run out of enthusiasm for the business and he just wants to move on to something else. So as of today, we are um, the owners of a company called Fletcher Longstaff. 
Um, they're a, the, probably the number, number two online conveyancing brand in the UK. They're the highest rated conveyancer in, on Trustpilot. And for those that don't know, conveyancing is property law. So when you're moving house, you basically need a lawyer to do that for you. And Fletcher Longstaff are one of the highest commemorated ones of doing that. Um, we've hired an MD, we've given the MD shares, uh, and we're looking to take this business to new heights. The first thing we'll be looking at doing is getting it back to where it was originally, which was a six figure a month business. Uh, and then from that point, we'll be looking at growing it and transforming it into an even bigger business. I think that this market has huge potential, uh, massive, massive potential. Um, we know how the brand was marketed previously because we were the marketing agency for that business. And we've got a great insight of how the business works from the managing director who's got over a decade of experience in the business. And it's just really sad of how it happened, right? We wanted to invest with the MD. We wanted to be alongside him. He's such a genuine guy. But the way that COVID happened, the way that he lost enthusiasm for it. And I don't, you know, I don't think differently. I think if it was distract, I'd feel exactly the same way. You just want to walk, walk away from it and move on. And, but it's a really exciting chapter for my business career. It's a really exciting chapter for that business career. And we're hoping that we'll be able to uh, employ some of the guys that lost their jobs moving forward and we can build the business back up. So that business is Fletcher Longstaff. Um, we, we think we'll be able to move fully into that business in the next two months. There's lots of issues around it at the moment in terms of it's in administration, getting that tidied and cleaned up, uh, etc. So we're moving ahead with that, but I wanted to give you guys the insight about what's happening. That deal has been a five months in, maybe six months now, in development and it has been one absolutely huge learning curve i mean one day i'm going to sit down and probably do a youtube video rather the podcast on the lessons i learned from buying my, my buying one of my first businesses and it would be this one and crikey the amount we spent on legal fees accountancy fees insolvency specialists you name it we've had to use them for this deal because it's been very complicated you know it's been a business in administration um so it's very, very complicated. So that's the plan um, moving forward. We have to um, work with some courts on some small bits, but in theory, touch wood, it should go through. But I think there's one more hurdle, if I'm being truthful, one more hurdle. But there we go. Thought I'd give you guys the insights. Um, we're also uh, just closing another deal. I'm just going to wait for trademarks and stuff to go through before I announce it on this podcast, which is in the mortgage space, we're looking at doing online mortgages. Now you can start to see the picture I'm creating here, which is, online mortgages, online conveyancing. Um, you can see the direction we're going here. All online, I really believe that online is the way to be. I don't like any of these face-to-face -face things. I wrote, I'm leaving my email bulletin, which some of you guys will be signed up to. I literally said these words that any brand that thinks that they need to be face-to-face -face will lose. We have to be moving our businesses towards online. We have to be making it so the consumer doesn't have to see us face-to-face. -face. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going after brands that are physical, always been traditional face-to-face -face brands and see if we can move them online. I think estate agency has had the big shift with purple bricks, etc. No one's done it really for conveyancing. No one's really done it for mortgages. And that's our game plan there um, and moving forward. I think it was the last uh, week's podcast. I discussed Amazon um, about trolls. I think it was trolls released in uh, on Amazon rather than in the cinema. Let's have some tea. Love the cup of tea. You can't be a cup of tea when you do a podcast. Anyway, back to it. I think they released Trolls. They made $100 million in six weeks or something like that. I can't remember. I, I lose my memory. I've not got a great memory. And I was just scrolling through the net before this podcast, just, you know, doing my 
bit of research and what's happening in this world that I may have missed because I've really not watched the news at the moment. I think it's disgusting how the media is portrayed at the moment. Like, they are just awful people, so I'd rather not get involved. I did get involved by saying that opinion, but anyway, we'll swerve over that. And I, I, I fell upon a film called The High Note. High Note is by Universal Pictures. I believe that's the same people as Trolls. And they've released a Rent at Home exclusive. This is going nowhere near the cinemas. It's Rent at Home. You can rent it on Amazon Prime, Sky, Android, and Apple. And I think this is just a proof, right? This is just a proof of the way that businesses are going and, and, and the way in which production houses are moving. They've realized with Trolls and other examples that they don't need the cinema anymore. Like they just don't need that. And they're trying with another example which I think is huge, right? I think it's absolutely huge. And I think I mentioned that Netflix will probably start looking at buying cinemas. Amazon maybe they could start buying cinemas. And I came across a report, and this report was written two days ago. And it says this, Amazon is reportedly trying to buy AMC and Odeon cinemas. Now, AMC, I believe, is like the largest chain in America. Um, and they also own, that chain owns Odeon in the UK, right? So, well, if Amazon is trying to buy AMC, it naturally means they're going to be trying to buy Odin as well, right? And the rumor came from Daily Mail, which, you know, you have your opinion on what you believe about that. But it's clear that they're in discussions, uh, but they're not sure how the discussions are going, whether it's an elite deal or it's going to fall by the wayside. But the fact that they're having this conversation right now, in my opinion, is huge. I think Amazon have realized the ability they have of doing releases and imagine what would happen if they started buying up the supply chain of releases as well. Um, we literally discussed it on the podcast last week. It seems to be coming to fruition. So I'm going to keep a real close eye on this because, you know, we saw what happened with Disney. Disney have smashed it with a Disney Plus. Um, and now it looks like Amazon are going to go back through the way down the supply chain for physical viewing and seating. And I think it's really obvious to everyone involved that cinemas are going to have a really hard time after COVID um, passes, if it passes um with people you know sitting within a cinema eating popcorn um i just i just don't see a fast recovery for theaters and cinemas if i'm honest with you i don't i don't see a real quick way so really interesting story um and and great to see amazon on the buying spree i think that as a as a brand i mean i think the phenomenal jeff bezos is on track to be the first ever trillionaire and i think that it's really fascinating watching what they do um and there's some real cool, other cool uh, market movies at the moment, like Aston Martin, you know, um, new billionaire owner, uh, gets rid of his CEO, uh, stock crashes, but you start looking at the moves they're making and he brings in the ex-CEO of McLaren and brings him in the stock goes up 50%. There's some real big moves happening at the moment. I'm really enjoying looking at the stock market, really enjoying looking at these moves. Um, but at the same time, guys, I'm, at the back of my mind, I'm thinking... There's 30 million unemployed in America. How are they on a bull run? Like, how are they going up? How's the stock market increasing in value? This makes no sense to me. So I'm very tentative at the same time, but I'm loving the drama. I'm loving the action. Um, it's amazing. And the other thing worth mentioning, actually, and this is a, I don't know if I feel, I, I, when this happened, right, I want you to understand, I didn't know if it, I found it funny or I found it actually quite upsetting. Um... Now, I'm always honest with you guys, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have any haters, because of course I have haters. Anyone that tries to do anything in this world, especially when you're young, you're going to get haters. That's just a, the fact of it. Um, normally, it's older people who don't like the fact there's a young kid coming through that's trying to do his own thing, right? 
and you will get haters absolutely and um you know some of them you know some of them they don't some people say things behind your back some people say to your face and you know whatever i really truthfully don't care i really really don't care but i got a um we're running a webinar ad at the moment on distract but it's through my personal page you may have seen it and i got like the most hateful comment i've ever seen in my life like on the the post i don't think the team saw it it was like quite late and i was like seven eight o'clock at night and it just came up and i I read it and it was like someone literally like scathing me as a person. Like it was like I laughed and then I was like, actually, he's saying some pretty mean stuff here. And he's like, I know this guy. I worked with him for years. And I genuinely didn't know who the guy was. Like I looked at his name. And I was like, I don't even know who this guy was. Um, so I said, sorry, like I don't know who you are, but I'm going to have to delete this message. I delete the message. And he said, ah, look at you deleting this message. And I was like, look, I genuinely don't know who you are. So I, I DM'd him and said, look, I'm sorry. Can you stop posting like hateful comments on my page? Like, I genuinely don't know who you are. Like, if I've done something to hurt you, please let me know. And I, I apologize, right? I'm just trying to be a nice guy about the situation. I mean, a lot of people just blocked him and moved on. But I just, I just wanted to know who this guy was and why I hated, right? And um, he was like, oh, like, um, a few years ago, you worked for us and you thought you were better than us. And I, I was like, I, I thought to myself, I ain't worked for someone in like nine years. Like... And it goes back to when I used to work in um, in retail. And um, it turns out that this guy was head of training for a company that I worked for. And I won't na- mention it's who it was. I mean, if, you, if you're good detective, you can probably figure it out. And I created these how-to guides of how to install car radios. And it went nasty. Like, it went really, really nasty. Like, they, they, they lawyered up, right? For no reason, just because, literally no reason at all. And it turns out this was the guy that did it. This was the guy that did it. And he said I had an ego. And I was like, an ego? I was 17 years old. 17 years old? You think a 17-year-old got an ego? You're 38. So I said to this guy, I said, look, I don't mean... You know, I apologize if I ever hurt your feelings back, you know, nine years ago. Um, it's very clear that you had a grudge. Um, you, you've held a grudge. I said, look, let it go, man. I apologize. Like, I was 17, trying to get my, my going business. It was nine years ago. Uh, and I blocked and deleted it. And I thought, bloody hell, nine years. Someone's got a grudge on me for nine years. For what? For being a 17-year-old kid in an entrepreneur land who's trying to make a name for himself, who's trying to move forward. And I'm sorry if you're 38 and you aren't moving forward. I really do apologize. But let me try, right? Let me as a 17-year-old kid in this big, wide world trying to fend for himself and push his business further forward. Let him try and stand on his own two feet arrogance is not what i am it never has been what i am what it is is it's an unfound confidence in my ability to take myself wherever i believe i can go and sometimes if you're 17 18 19 24 27 28 that may come across as arrogance but it never is you have to believe yourself in this game and unfortunately people who don't believe in themselves will sometimes mistake you as arrogance and i genuinely didn't know whether to take this as hate or to laugh about this and i decided that it's another chapter in my book Another chapter, another lesson, another thing to think about, about how someone can hate you so much that nine years later, they pop up with abuse. And my God, I will never be one of those people. And I think I said it a couple of episodes back. I will never complain. Because when you complain, or when you bitch, that's you admitting that something's over you. Something's got you. You can't move forward. And I ain't never going to be one of those people. But my God, nine years, that's mental. So if you are listening, Mr. Hater, I apologize for ever hurting your feeling nine years ago, but I think it's time you grow up and move on. But yeah, I didn't, I, I actually genuinely never thought I was going to mention that to anyone else. Like, that 
little thing I sent to a few people, got their opinion on it, and they was like, delete and block it. But I think there's a lot of lessons in that. You know, I've never done anything to necessarily hurt anyone or anyone's opinions, but if someone thinks I've been arrogant when I was 17 years old starting a business, then I should tell people about this, right? Because other people are probably going to have the same gut feel, the same hate. So at some point, I need to understand that we all get it. Anyone who's going anywhere in life will always get a bit of hate because people have confidence issues and they, they don't want you to have them. So a few people have been asking me, um, both on Instagram and also staff as well, saying, look, Pete, when are you going to be going back to work? Like, when are you going to be, like, as in, when are you going to be opening the offices again? When is it going to be back to business as usual? I have absolutely no plans to be going back to the office anytime soon. I, I want to go back. Like I said at the previous, at the start of this podcast, I, I want to get motivation from the team. I want to be around people who are pushing forward. I want to be part of the bigger vision, but I just can't see a reason for an agency that's digital only need to go back like so i i have no plans to go back anytime soon i want to get back as soon as possible but i will say this and this is probably the most political you'll ever get me well maybe probably not actually i've been pretty, pretty political in previous episodes but this is one of the, i'm gonna go political we were put in lockdown to flatten the curve we were put in lockdown to save the nhs it is very obvious at this point now that we've done that let us go back and make some money let us go back and open the economy back up. Let us go back and take the growth that we've missed these last three months. I mean, we have not grown. We have lost We have lost revenue during this period of time. We have lost maybe a year of growth. And that, for me, is upsetting. That, for me, is disappointing. It means I didn't have to work the last 12 months, sweat my ass off to grow this business. But I understand when a crisis, I understand it all. I just speak out loud, and it's a bit demoralizing when you spend day after day, hour after hour trying to grow a thing. Um, for a deadly virus <laughs> to stop you in your tracks. I don't know. I'm just talking out loud, and hopefully this resonates with some of you guys listening, listening at home. Um, I mean, it go, it goes back to this whole this whole adage of like the time we set aside to do something is normally the time we set we actually take to do it. Like if we, someone in office would have said, let's have six months to do this and they would have took six months same way as if you say i'm going to launch a business in three months it's you're going to be, you're going to launch in three months but if you said i'm going to build a business in three weeks you probably build it in three weeks right and i think there's been a lot of that i've set really difficult deadlines and a lot of things to make sure i get them done faster um you know i'm I, i'm pushing myself to the nth degree at the moment to try new things one of those new things is behind the journey live um I believe that right now we have some amazing entrepreneurs that I lock within four walls and I want to get their opinion, want to get their advice. And normally we would travel, me and Sam, and we'd, we, we'd have a podcast set up and we'd, we'd speak to them face-to-face. I think you get much more face-to-face, but we can't do that. And I'm just going to basically create a webinar, whack you guys on it, you can listen to it, you can ask questions, and we can just stream it live. Just stream a, web, a, a Behind the Journey episode live via the, via the webinar. And I think that's going to be a real cool move. And I've got people like Brad Burton. He's looking at getting involved. He's meant to come over to the podcast. He's not. I've got Lyndon Wood who said he'd be interested. He's real. He's like sleeping in his car. Both these people were sleeping in their car. And now they're multimillionaires. I think that's some really cool stuff we need to be hearing from. I mean, you know, I can tell you that I've had a bit of a bumpy ride, right? I've never been sleeping in the car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I've never had it that bad. And I want to see you know, some basic questions like, do you believe before you were sleeping in the car, you'd have enough to get out of that situation. I mean, I don't know if I actually would keep my level of motivation if I was sleeping in the car. 
like, would I just quit? I don't know these things. You never know these things until you actually are in that position, in that situation. That's one of the biggest problems with life is you don't think you're capable of doing anything until you have to do it. You don't think you'll ever make it to a certain point in your career until you're actually in that point in your career. And I got to the I got to the point now where I was speaking to Brad and the team and saying, look, if we, where we are now, if I was 63, I would genuinely be happy with where I got to. And I'm where I am now at 27. And you never really know if you can actually get to that position until you get to that position. And I never even believed when I was 17, you know, being where I am today. All I wanted was a salary. You know, I didn't didn't want an empire. And here I am with the direction we're going. It's, we're going to build something really, really big. And I want you guys to see it along the whole way and the whole journey. Um, and that's that's the truth. Um, my book came along nicely. It's gone to publishers. They're making some edits. Um, apparently, it wasn't written particularly well, but I'm not here to I'm not here to set up an English school, right? Had some uh, interesting um, academies and schools getting in touch about setting up an e-learning program, 50/50. We build the co- they build the courses, we promote the courses. And it's kind of a cool little little niche. Lots of schools now realizing they should have probably gone full-time e-learning several years ago, but they're figuring that out mid-COVID when it probably would have been the height of their career. Seeing a lot of that. Seeing a lot of that, a lot of brands now flapping to get things moving when actually, if they did it three years ago, they really would be in a winning scenario. Back to behind the journey, the live before I go on a different tangent. But if you have anyone you think is going to be a worthwhile member to have interviewed, please hit me up on Instagram with some suggestions. I've had a few of you guys message me already. I put something on Instagram asking who you'd recommend. I've had some good recommendations. I've reached out to a few of them. So hopefully we'll have some really great people on the show. One of the podcasts I'm listening to at the moment, which I'm absolutely loving, is the All In podcast with Jason Shamath. Probably told you about this already, but just listen to that. That is just genius. Absolute genius. Billionaires chatting. If you can't learn something from that, then you're in the wrong room, people. You're in the wrong room. Um, I think it's worth mentioning Joe Rogan. I mean, I, I try and avoid around talking about the topics that everyone else talks about, because I think you can go and listen to that anywhere. But $100 million for his podcast. Phew. Hundred million dollars, and I believe the moment they did that investment, their share price, Shopify, uh, Spotify's share price went up to billion dollars. So you think about that for an investment, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think we're going to see some real great acquisitions from Facebook, some great acquisitions from Amazon, some great acquisitions from Netflix, Shopify. You name it, there'll be acquisitions, and there'll be acquisitions that have been created to pump the share price. You know, they're going to be some acquisitions just to get investors excited about the projects, they invest more money. And just on a side note, if you guys are, are looking at doing some investments, I'm using a platform called Free Trade, which I don't know if you've heard or seen it, but it's phenomenal. Like, completely free to trade. You can use your your, your tax-free ISA in there for three quid a month. Um, and I, I'm absolutely loving it. And they're doing fractional shares. So if you want to go and buy um, Berkshire Hathaway, but you don't want to spend 300 grand, you can still buy Berkshire Hathaway. And, you know, if you want to buy Amazon, but you don't want to put two and a half grand into buy Amazon, you can put 50 quid in and buy Amazon shares. It's, it's a really cool platform. Um, I got both my brother and my dad on it, and they're loving it. So, highly, highly recommend you look at that platform. I think it's a time where no one really knows where the market's going, right? It's a time where no one really knows which, which situation direction we're going in. But I think, you know, it's worth keeping your ear in the ground and following trends as they're happening to make sure that you're moving forward. And like I said again, guys, if you haven't signed up to my bulletin please do it's email.peterwatson.co getting some really nice feedback on that bulletin i really really enjoying just writing like a small bit together 
flinging it out there, getting some feedback and seeing what you guys like or don't like. Um, and to be honest with you, while this business journey, it's one of the things that's actually keeping me pretty sane. It's just like, you know, it's almost like a journal, I guess. I'm just sat there writing an email, sending it out to everyone, getting their opinion on things. Uh, last week's was about this face-to-face. -face, and I believe that if you require face-to-face -face meetings, you're about to be put out of business. Um, the one before that was about how I saw, you know, big entrepreneurs, real charismatic entrepreneurs, basically crying on camera because, you know, what they've built over the last 10, 20, 30 years is now nothing but dust around them. Um, and this, this is the thing. I think we, we are going to have to see more entrepreneurial support moving forward. We are going to have to see something more than just what happened in the last recession, which was bailing the banks. We have to see something where entrepreneurs are literally given cash to be entrepreneurs. Maybe there's going to be tax breaks. Maybe there's going to be match funding on investments. We need to see something because how do you get entrepreneurs entrepreneurial again when they've got no enthusiasm left? And I, I heard another podcast, another episode just from someone who basically mentioned the biggest opportunity with this COVID-19 thing is finding entrepreneurs that are so, so great but have no enthusiasm left and no uh, energy left to take the business to the next level. And let's just go up to them and say, we'll buy you out. And that's what happened with Audi with Fletcher Longstaff, the entrepreneur, he probably could have got through this, but he didn't want it anymore. He didn't want the heartache. He didn't want the stresses. He didn't want the pressure anymore. He, wanted, he just wanted to go and be with his family. And that's not a bad thing to do, right? That's not a bad place to be. But I feel that we're going to lose a lot of great entrepreneurs who had really thriving careers ahead of them, but they could really have made huge differences, be wiped out, simply wiped out, because of their, they've been battered for three months. They've been punched in the stomach, shot in the ribs, taken out the ankles, and they've got nothing left, no energy left. And when the government turns around and says, look guys, we're open for business again, they're like thinking, again? I've just had three, I've just had three months of this, I've been battered. I haven't been able to get my C-bills loan. I haven't been able to do this. I think if I can keep my staff on, I don't want the headache anymore. I can't wait my mortgage payments. The demand's not there like it was before. And all these things are going to go, do I really want to go back in the ring? Do I really want to go back and start from zero? Do I really want to go back to five years ago when, I, when my business was the same size as it is now because I've been wiped out? Do I really want to do this? And I think many entrepreneurs genuinely will be thinking, I might just go get a job. I might just go and take the easier route. I might go and spend more time with my family than I ever have before. And I think a real key one is many entrepreneurs will be thinking, I sacrificed seeing my kids grow up and the time of my wife so I could grow this business and it's been wiped out by a pandemic. I've wasted that time. We're going to see breakdown in entrepreneurial pursuit, I think, on a huge level. But at the same time, I think we could see on employees understanding that actually, and this is the most important thing that I think any employee needs to understand, is that when it comes to it, you are the first gone. Like when it comes down to the real debate here, which is I'm an entrepreneur and I can't pay my salaries, the employees are gone. And I think in America, they've understood this. In America, they understand that you really have no real employee rights. I mean, you can be literally cut off like, like 30 million Americans are right now. In the UK, there's other procedures and there's redundancy pays and there's disciplinary hearings. But when it really comes down to can I afford someone's salary? That's it. And I think that millennials haven't really experienced that before. I don't think that millennials and Gen Z have really understood that when it's when it's a recession and there's no money, you don't get paid. 
it's over. And I think that will force entrepreneurship from employees who normally would have just cruised through their career. So I think we've got both sides of it. We're getting entrepreneurs battered, absolutely battered. We're going to have a huge amount of uh, employees realizing that it might be safer to work for yourself than actually have a job. It might be safer to actually be your own job than have a job. I've seen so many quotes before where it's like, you know, 10,000 people fired from um, X uh, business and they told me to get a real job. And it's true. Entrepreneurs have always been, quote unquote, seem to have had it hard. But what's hardest is when you have no control over whether you get paid or not. And I think that's the employee situation. I think we have to see mass, mass, mass support moving forward. And I dread the day that furlough stops. I think it's going to be a complete blackout. Three, four million could easily go in the first day. The first day. Then we'll need some stimulus in the economy. As far as I'm concerned with Bitcoin, still a big believer in Bitcoin. Goldman and Sachs came out today and said that it's not an asset class they believe in. Interesting. Um, I... But then you've had some big, big, big Wall Street investors going and saying it's a huge asset class they believe in. So that's an interesting thing. I, I, I'm really excited to see where we're going to be with Bitcoin in the next two years. It could be down. You know, it could be down. And I think with these things, you know, you've got to make your judgment call and believe and, and do some research and back yourself. It could go down, but it could go up. And if it goes up, it's going to go a lot higher, I think, than it will if it went down. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know. We're all just going to get, all we are as business people, we're in a big game. One big game. It's a game against yourself, it's a game against your competitors, it's a game against everything. You're just in there trying to make tactical chess moves to push yourself to the next level, to grow your business, to become a better person. And every single decision you make is a tactical chess move. And you can make bad chess plays, and you can make good chess plays. And to win the game, you simply have to make more good chess moves than bad chess moves. And the great thing about this game, the best thing, the thing that no one really talks about, is there's not really a way to lose. Because in this chess game, you have unlimited pieces. You have unlimited chances to give it a go. You have unlimited moves you can make. But the game is to try and do it in a few moves as possible. But if you're 10 more moves than someone else, or 20 more than someone else, it doesn't matter. Who cares? And that's why it's fun. That's why I love this game of entrepreneurship. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate you. Please type to my bulletin. It will mean a lot to me. Let me know if you've got any guests you want on the show. And I'll speak to you next week.